Hello, everyone. This is One Narrowgate Podcast. I have a very fascinating podcast to tell you today. I like to do mini podcasts as much as I can. I don't want to waste people's time and I want to get to it succinctly. For those who really want a scholarly academic approach and really intense background to everything, Google it. <laughs> Google it. Like, seriously, there's so much information out there. Just confirm that everything I'm saying is true. If not, just know that I've done the research for you. I've looked into it myself. And I really mean that in regards to my last podcast. The last podcast was about this part of the book, Bible called Ezekiel 39. That was all a, a future prophetic word about the country of Russia. 2,600 years ago, and Russia did not even exist as a country, especially by the name, the sound of its name. There was a Bible prophecy that talked about it called Rosh, a country called Rosh. Pretty, pretty amazing. Today, I'm, I'm going to go to the same book of the Bible, but with a very interesting, uh, different approach. An earlier chapter, if you understand the practical implications of what I'm saying to you through this, uh, through this book of the Bible, you will understand how world peace can be achieved. How world peace can be achieved. This Bible, this passage is going to sound kind of trippy at first and a little strange, but... It's the practical approach to understanding how world peace can be and even will be achieved. So, first of all, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Ezekiel chapter 10. And now Ezekiel is this man who, uh, who lived in ancient Israel. It was about 2,600 years ago. He was a, uh, a man that was in charge of working at the temple. Now, you, you probably hear the word temple from movies um, where some kind of um, primitive society had a temple in which they made sacrifices to to give to to make to appease their god they believed. Now, those that that kind of fiction is based upon history that happened all throughout history because the ancients knew something that modern day America especially does not. And modern day uh, Western nations do not. Is that yes, there are super there is a supernatural being. There is one god, and in order to appease him. There needed to be a sacrifice, and there also needed to be uh, one sacrifice to satisfy him forever. I'm going to go into that a little bit later. Um, so that is just reality. We just kind of haven't done that kind of thing in our modern day and age. First of all, we don't need to. Second of all, um, it's been a long time since that's happened. But anyway, this guy, Ezekiel, he was a priest who worked in a temple in ancient Israel, and it was his duty to help uh, teach people about the, the rules and the commands that God, the one true God, the God that actually exists, that God said to his people, as well as be oversee and help oversee some of the temple sacrifice. So now Ezekiel was a, was a righteous man. He was a good man. He, was, uh, he um, satisfied God with his righteousness. You know, he was doing the right thing, everything God told him to do. And God actually blessed him with a vision uh, to tell to tell Ezekiel what was happening to his country. God, and basically most of uh, what Ezekiel says that God says about his country, which is ancient Israel, was that Israel was not doing what God wanted them to do, and God was about to destroy them. Now that came true. It came true at around that time. All the uh, Israel was destroyed by God, probably maybe within a hundred years after the next hundred years after God gave Ezekiel this vision, which is the reason why all the things that Ezekiel said and recorded and said that God told him is the reason why that exists today for us to read. Because anytime God told somebody something was going to happen and it came true, that means that it was prophecy. It was true prophecy. So people are like, well, everything that this guy Ezekiel said God told him, 
um, it came true. So we not only do we know that God is real, but also we know that everything he said is going to happen and we can trust God and we should listen to God and uh, believe in him and what he says. So those things that God told Ezekiel about uh, the nation of Israel, the country of Israel uh, being punished and being scattered and being destroyed, they did happen. They did happen. So we can also believe in everything else that God says to Ezekiel in the visions that Ezekiel was given. So what does he say in Ezekiel chapter 10? This is what he says. Again, it's going to sound trippy at first, but this is the vision. This is Ezekiel's description of incredible things that um, that he saw that he was given from God. So Ezekiel himself says, Then I looked, and behold, in the sky or the space that was over the heads of strong angels called cherubim. We're not talking about Valentine's Day naked babies with wings. We're talking about incredible, powerful beings that are lit on fire. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> That's for another time. Then I looked and behold in the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, something like a sapphire stone in appearance resembling a throne appeared above them. And God spoke to a man uh, there's another uh, angelic person, a man clothed in linen, and said, Enter between the whirling wheels under the cherubim, and fill your hands with the coals of fire from between the cherubim, and scatter them over the city. And he entered my sight. What's going on here? You're probably like, what on earth is going on here? Okay, Ezekiel's seeing some things happening in the spiritual dimension that we can't understand. With some people, some um, incredibly powerful beings that are angels that are lit on fire with, they have swords, they're, they're strong and powerful. There's some supernatural wheels floating. There's, um, some coals of fire that are floating around in between these angelic beings. And, and that's what Ezekiel's saying. And he's seeing God basically himself in his glory um, in the midst of these supernatural beings. So Let's keep going. Now the cherubim were standing on the right side of the temple when the man, that one servant man, entered, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub to the threshold of the temple, and the temple was filled with a cloud, and the court was filled with the brightness of the glory of the Lord. Now, I'm going to keep, I'm actually going to um, skip ahead a little bit. So what do we have here? We have, we have some, we have God surrounded by some angels, some powerful angels. And they're moving. They're moving from the center of worship, which is the temple, and they're moving. Then, then we learn that something interesting about these spiritual beings called cherubim. So, then the cherubim rose up. There, they are now. When the cherubim moved, they had these supernatural wheels that were beside them. The wheels would go. Also, when the cherubim lifted up their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels would not turn from beside them. When the cherubim stood still, the wheels would stand still. And when they rose up, the wheels would rise with them, for the spirit of the living beings was in them. You're probably thinking, all right, I'm done. This is all some trippy, whacked out stuff. What is going on here? Okay, I'll tell you. You have angels, and you have the supernatural objects next to them called wheels. What they mean, I have no idea. The purpose of the cherubim was also was some kind of... Uh, there were two cherubim that kind of were on the right hand and left hand of God. Some kind of, I, I can't say they're bodyguards because God doesn't need help, but basically it was to demonstrate God's glory. So you had these cherubim, you had these two angels, powerful angels. You had God, you had the supernatural objects and supernatural flames of fire darting in between them. Pretty epic, if you really think about it, and pretty beautiful. So, but this is the thing that's the most important. The most important part is verse 17 when it says, When the cherubim stood still, the wheels would stand still. 
and when the cherubim rose up, the wheels would rise up with them. For the spirit of the living beings was in them. What on earth does that mean? That means that the same spirit of the the essence, the spiritual dimension essence that was in these angels was also a part of the wheels. The wheels were connected by spirit to the cherubim. The spirit of the living beings, which are the cherubim, the spirit of the living beings was in them. They were connected. I mean, just imagine you're, you're walking around your house and you're, I don't know, or you're walking to work and your briefcase has a part of your spirit inside the briefcase. So when you walk, the briefcase walks with you. When you sit down, the briefcase sits down. I don't know, whatever that looks like. But imagine you're walking around and, and the, whatever object is connected to you, it also does what you do. I don't know if you've been to a toy store looking for toys for your kids and you, you see this really cute looking um, kind of electronic moving, I don't know, say penguin. And you're like, okay, this looks really cute. You press it. It lights up. It starts flapping its wings and going, hey, how you doing? Or singing a little stupid song. Then next thing you know, there's like eight other little robotic animals that all light up at the same time and say something at the same time. They're all like, hey, how you doing? Hi, hey, how you doing? Like, I don't know about you, but that freaked me out the first time I saw that. I didn't know all these things. were. They're all from the same company. They're all made the same. Um, and they all are supposed to work together. You turn on one, the rest of them start talking. It's kind of freaky at first. But then after a while, like, wow, this is kind of engaging to see them all move as one to see them all move as one all together saying the same thing. It's like, wow, this is crazy, but it's almost like they have, and now they probably have all Bluetooth just like, you know, we turn, we play a song from our phone. It connects to a Bluetooth speaker and, uh, they have the same kind of mechanism within them. So they work together in unity. Well, you can say the same thing is, is true of this, these powerful angels. They, they stood up wheels would stand up. They sit down, the wheels would go down. They move around and wherever these things would go, the wheels were sure to follow. <laughs> like Mary's little lamb, I don't know. But it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Think about the unity. Think about the the work working in the same direction, going um, going the same direction together. It's a pretty powerful sight. Now, here's the practical piece of what uh, of this, and that's what I mentioned. That's why I alluded to at the very beginning of this podcast is the practical way to achieve world peace. How do you achieve world peace? You have to have be one in the same spirit. You have to have the same spirit that's in you, that's in someone else, that's in the next person. Everybody has to have the same spirit. For the spirit of the living beings has to be in them. The spirit of these cherubim, the angels has to be in everybody? No, not the spirit of the angels. This is just an example. Now, most people hear what I say and say, right, we all have to believe in the same thing and band together. And, and if we just have that same spirit, that, you know, spirit of peace and we all believe in it, we'll make it happen. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about motivation, some kind of emotional motivation, like uh, the spirit of our team. We're all together. No, I'm talking about the exact same spirit. I'm talking about the essence of the same exact essence flowing through us. Now, listen. There, God, God didn't just want to tell us what to do and leave us alone. He wanted to give us some of his spirit. There's a part of him called the Holy Spirit that if it enter, that it can enter within somebody, it can enter within somebody. And so God doesn't want to just tell us what to do and leave us alone. He wants to give us some of his spirit. 
He wants to give us a spirit. He wants, because we are all, you can look into my spiritual warfare series from this, from the last season. Um, it's called, it's just entitled SW part one, two, three, four, I think goes up to eight or nine. But anyway, you will learn that we humans, we're not just physical. We're not just living in a material world. We're living, we are spiritual beings inside a physical people, physical body. And so within us is our spirit, our essence. Our spirit can't be in anything else. We can't put our spirit in a wheel like we learn that the cherubim can. But God can put his spirit in us. Now, when God puts his spirit in us, suddenly we have the same spirit, the spirit of the living God in us. And anyone else who also has the spirit of the living God in them, next thing you know, there is a unity. Whatever God does, whatever God says, whatever God goes, suddenly we go those of us who have the spirit of God in us, in us, that's where suddenly we get up, we go, suddenly we speak the same thing. I'm going to tell you, there was actually, I think it was a week and a half ago or last week where a lot of people, a lot of God's people, a lot of people actually have the spirit of God in them. were actually talking about unity. A lot of people all over the world were talking about unity. I'm just a little slow to the game. I actually thought about this uh, thought about doing, doing this podcast during that time without even being inspired by them. I read this part of Ezekiel and I literally thought that's how you achieve unity. You're only unified if you have the same spirit in you. You all get up at the same time. You all do the same thing at the same time. You all say the same thing. You're all preaching the same thing. You're all doing the same thing. You're all talking about the same thing and you're all doing what God wants you to do because you have the spirit of the living God in you. And if everybody has a spirit of the living God in them, no one's opposed. Once you have the spirit of God in you, you can't get rid of it. You can't oppose it. It, it, it kind of overcomes your life. And if everybody in the world had the spirit of God in them, there would be world peace. There'd be world peace. That's the only way to create world peace. You have the spirit of God in you. God is peace. God is love. God is good. And if he's in you, you have all that in you too. It's the only way to create unity. And now there's so much di division within the church of God. The people that claim to have the Spirit of God, there's so much division. Why is that? Because not everyone has the Holy Spirit of God in them. Not everyone in church is actually a God-fearing person. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is a Christian. You're going to see the same people that are able to move in the same way, the people that are trying to do the same thing, God, same things God wants them to do, that actually do what God says to do, these people have the Spirit of the living God in them. They do. That's how you can only create unity. That's how you take you um, go away from division. That's how you get away from wars and strife. That's how you get away from not having world peace. To have world peace, you need the Spirit of God in you. God's going to do that in the end of all time. He's going to wipe out everyone who is not of Him. And He's going to keep everyone who does have the Spirit of the living God in them. And there's going to be world peace. Now, how do you get the Spirit of God in you? The Spirit of God, how do you get that? Well, I remember I, I talked about sacrifice earlier. So God's only a piece of the sacrifice. Oh, do you have to sacrifice a pig? Call Peter. No, no, we don't have to do that. No, God said, you need a perfect sacrifice. Everyone sins. You've all done wrong. And the cost of that is death. Now, someone has to pay that cost. Someone has to die or something has to die to pay to appease me because, because of the wrong that you've done. Well, God himself became that sacrifice. When he became a man, he came down as a man named Jesus. And he took that cost for us. If you believe in Jesus, if you know that doing wrong separates you from God you, and that you have no unity with God because you do wrong things, and you know that God decided to, to 
pay the cost for your sin that gets in gets in the way of, of your unity with God. If you recognize that through Jesus, he paid that cost, you believe in Jesus and you want God to take away that your sin and all the wrong you've done. If you truly believe in that, if you believe in Jesus and want to stop doing wrong, God will give you the spirit. Suddenly you're in union, you're in unity with God. You have the spirit of the living God in you. And because you believe in Jesus, you actually are one, you are one of the few people that are actually part of the world peace remedy that the remedy of world peace is having the spirit of the living God in you and everyone's united together because they have the spirit of the living God in them. When God gets up, we all get up When God moves. We all move. Whatever God says, whatever he wants us to do, we are able to do it because we have a part of God in us. It's a very strange teaching. I will be honest, but it's extremely powerful. And if you pay attention to it, and if you believe it, it could change your life. You could be in unity with God. If this is really confusing, keep listening to my other podcasts so you have a little more uh, understanding into this. But just know that the only way to achieve world peace is to have the same spirit within us, like a Bluetooth. We're all connected to the same Bluetooth. We're all able to do the same things. And we all know we all can connect to each other. And the only way to connect to each other with having the same attitude, the same spirit, the same mind is to have the spirit of the living God himself in us. And that's what we learn from this <laughs> obscure book of the Bible called Ezekiel, a very big book with some crazy visuals. And I hope you didn't all just drop off the face of the map, whoever's listening to this, just because I started talking about wheels and angels and coals of fire and things like that. I'm glad if you actually got to this part of the podcast, <laughs> good for you. I'm proud of you. You made it through. Just know that you can achieve unity. You can be a part of the world peace remedy by believing in Jesus with all your heart and you can have God's, the, the spirit of the living God in you. Stay tuned for more podcasts. We'll talk about more of this later. And also check out my Salvation Series. Salvation Series talks about how people actually, what it looks like in history for people to have believed in Jesus, for Jesus to have saved them, forgiven them, uh, and as well as for God to put his Holy Spirit within people. 